From Alaska Team Media Institute, I'm Madison Knudsen. This is Film Club, a podcast series where our youth film critics and cultural connoisseurs spill the theoretical tea on a new movie. So these are spoiler-filled conversations, folks. If you haven't seen the movie they're talking about, be prepared to learn far more about them than the trailers will tell you. Last episode, we talked about the universe-hopping action-adventure Everything Everywhere All at Once. And for now, we're going to keep hanging out in the multiverse. In this episode, our Atme film critics discuss the new Marvel movie, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, starring Benedict Cumberbatch and directed by Sam Raimi in his return to the MCU since 2007's Spider-Man 3. They talk about the movie's twists and turns, the horror elements that Raimi brings to it, and how it fits into Marvel's phase four of its cinematic universe. Here's their discussion led by Rowie McCohen. All right. Hi, I'm Rowie. I use she, they pronouns, and welcome to the Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness Roundtable. And could you guys introduce yourselves? I'm Daisy. And um, first impressions of the movie, I, I liked it. Well, for me, I know I've been hearing, like, I heard a lot of people beforehand be like, oh, this is like the end game of phase four, but we're like just getting into phase four. So I was really confused. So I kind of went in with like really high expectations, um, which, um, which like, unfortunately didn't meet that, but I thought it was a good, like, like Marvel movie. I'm Zinn, and uh, I have very mixed opinions about the movie. Um, some things I love, some things I hated, but we'll get into that later. So just in general, we can do a deep dive. Uh, what did you think about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? The Sam Raimi parts, the horror influences and the more surreal stuff I really loved. Um, but kind of the MCU stuff, especially the fact that it just felt like a Wanda Vision movie not a Doctor Strange movie, I really, really hate it. Mostly because a bit of a hot take here, WandaVision is like a half star show for me. I really despised the whole thing. I let, well, actually, I, that's a bit harsh. I liked what it was trying to do. I just think it did it badly. And so I, I don't like Wanda as a character and I didn't like how she was implemented in this movie. And I thought it took away a lot from Doctor Strange and America's um, characters and their story. So as somebody who um, did like um, WandaVision, I don't think it's like the best M- M- MCU TV show, but I did like it. Um, I thought this was definitely like, like not a Doctor Strange movie. I think it was definitely like a, a WandaVision two, part two movie. Um, in the aspects of that, like Wanda is the big bad, but in other ways, I think... I think that like the characters were also just kind of like half baked as well. Like, I don't think that we, um, I think I read something or I said something that um, phase four is really like talking and like really um, diving into the, not the stages, but the idea of like how we deal with grief. And in this sort of story, like we're seeing how she dealt with or how she's dealing with grief, like obviously in a bad way by like trapping people in a town and, um, you know, trying to search the multiverse, like for her kids that aren't really her kids. 
but Dr. Strange, like he's kind of going through this grief of like wrong um, or right person, wrong time where it's like, you know, with Christine and like that whole storyline, but all that felt kind of half baked because especially, especially America, like, gosh, I was so excited to see, to see her and like to see her powers and like what she did. And just the, just her just being like, oh, like I'm just discovering my powers. Like, I don't know. I just, just the way they handled it was really weird and like messy and like rushed. And I was like, not really about that. Yeah. I agree a lot with that. Um, I was going into it very much excited and I walked out bummed because I was expecting it to be like a Dr. Strange movie. I thought Mordo was going to have a bigger part in it because that was kind of like a comic storyline that he was going to come back and kill all the um, sorcerers and everything like that but he only showed up in an alternate universe which was like kind of sad for me Um, Wanda was definitely like I'll get into this a little bit later but um, it wasn't actually Wanda it was the Scarlet Witch that was doing all that and it wasn't really clear that that was what was happening um, which was sad for me I feel like a lot of people felt as though it didn't fulfill expectations um, which is really unfortunate because if I hadn't gone into it with such high expectations I think I would have really enjoyed it it was just such a new concept for the MCU to do like a horror type movie that I think a lot of people were very like, what, uh, what are you doing? Like, this is supposed to be a superhero movie. I think if we had, if it was like a standalone movie, I think a lot of people would have really liked it because it has a, a lot of horror elements, but it's also very like sci-fi-y and it has a really interesting storyline. And I think if they hadn't connected it to Doctor Strange specifically, or if they'd connected it to Wanda more explicitly, I think it would have been, it would have gone over more, like, better. They just didn't market it as well as I think they should have. Were there any specific moments that stood out to you guys, um, like, specifically? Well, I guess, yeah, it was just weird how, like, they introduced the Illuminati and then just immediately killed them. It's like, okay, like, I, that was what really what made me like up in arms afterwards. I was like, this is, that was stupid. Like, why would you like introduce these like new characters that are supposed to be like, you know, the all powerful like people of the MCU and then just like, like ax them. Like, also, I just love Captain Carter. I don't know why. Like, I just, I just love Captain Carter. I also really like Captain Carter. And to add to that point, I think it, yeah, that was incredibly silly because even in the comics, Captain Marvel is gonna be stronger than Scarlet Witch like or it'd be more of an even fight than that especially when you have Reed Richards in the room and the whole group that was there Scarlet Witch is a dangerous opponent but not that much so and I thought that was kind of silly the scene where they kill off um Xavier I think was like my like again like one of my favorites because like it was just like really like like weird and like you knew it was gonna happen but it was just like that like scary element was was pretty cool those scenes where uh professor x gets into wanda's mind and sees the other wanda that whose body it is like trapped oh my god oh so cool but yeah that scene with the illuminati really was disappointing for me especially because like 
now that we have John Krasinski confirmed as, uh, oh my God, Reed Richards, it's really disappointing to me personally that that was his reveal instead of like, it just seemed like it was a minor character reveal um, instead of like a fan reveal that so many people had been looking forward to for so long. Like he wasn't even revealed in his own movie or a Fantastic Four movie, which was disappointing for me personally. But John Krasinski does have a contract with Marvel. So looking forward to seeing him in the Fantastic Four movie, knock on wood. Also, when they were going through the multiverses, like, I'm sorry, I guess ever since watching like everything everywhere all at once, like my whole like mentality of like how to handle multiverses is just, but even like Into the Spider-Verse handed, handled like multiverses like a lot cooler. Like that, I'm, I'm thinking about the scene where they were like traveling like through the different multiverses and like, I don't know, like that was it. I was like, you could have done like so much more like cool stuff and you could have like, I feel like they didn't play around with the multiverse, especially like, I don't think the movie should have been called Multiverse of Madness because there was no madness in these multiverses. Yeah, I saw a funny review that was just like, for a movie called Multiverse of Madness, it's really funny that they chose the three lamest multiverses to show. (laughs) Yeah. Literally, like they did, they did so good with the multiverses in spider-man into the spider-verse oh my god that wasn't disney that was sony i know but they could have like at least drawn a little bit from that just like maybe just a little and they could have explored so many more multiverses that is a really good point though like they only had three different universes they like kind of traveled through a couple of them in like a five second clip um and that was fun but like we didn't get to see most of it and she said like she's been through like 70 different other universes and it's like okay show us yeah proof yeah. anyway how did you feel about america chavez's role in the movie and i would like to go first because i love america so much not the country the character um i think she's so great it isn't a comic accurate portrayal, which is kind of disappointing because in the comics, she was an Afro-Latina lesbian. And that was a really, really great representation. However, she is a person of color. She's a woman of color in the movie and the actress who portrays her is really awesome. So I think it's kind of like a give and take kind of situation. Also, she is wearing a pride pin. Thanks Disney for the one pride pin and a brief second of two lesbian moms really getting into the representation here, guys. Um, (laughs) Leaps and bounds forward. Um, But that was actually, it was really nice to see that um, as a person of color who's also LGBTQ+, it was nice to just be able to see a little bit of that recognition and representation um, directly like pulled from the comics. and it was just kind of like a nice little ooh, <laughs> um, little kind of jolt of excitement. I also was not expecting America to be in the very first scene. Like that was crazy for me because I kind of knew that she was going to be in the movie. I just didn't realize that she was going to have such a big part. And it did a little bit feel like they were using her character just as like a plot device for like Wanda and um, Doctor Strange's character arcs. But 
So that was like kind of disappointing. I'm hoping that they'll use her character more in the future, especially because she's now part of Comertage and she's training with them. And it seems like she and Dr. Strange have a little bit of like a mentor-mentee relationship going on, which is very exciting for me um, going into like maybe the more like teen-like movies. But yeah, overall, so stoked to see her. Um, so stoked to have her officially in the MCU. I agree on all fronts. I definitely was disappointed with how little her character was developed and used. However, I feel like going back to Wanda, and this was my big problem with WandaVision 2, is they make too many excuses for her. And so then those excuses made up so much of the movie that America kind of, yeah, like you said, felt like a plot device when she's such a more interesting character than that. And her and Strange's relationship is so much more interesting, at least to me, than anything that happened with Wanda, the whole movie. For me, that's what was most disappointing about this movie was that, yeah, like America was just sidelined and was just kind of like used there at the end, especially since like she like is like this powerful like being and Latina and like at least in the comics is queer. And, you know, she had like, that representation there is just really important and like she was just kind of sidelined and I was like dang like this sucks and now they're gonna sell like little like pride pins for like Disney and like oh my gosh like that and I'm like gosh you guys like like the bare minimum it like you're not even meeting the bare minimum at this point like it's it was yeah I think that was the one thing that I just didn't like was that she was kind of sidelined especially since I I I definitely heard that she's that she's a really cool character the america shop is a really cool character and i was really excited um and yeah just for her to be like ah, i'm a quirky teen who doesn't know how to control her powers i was like uh yeah, yeah no no thank you okay it felt very much like the writers were like how can we write a teenager <laughs> yeah for real it's like gosh this is not a white man how do i write this <laughs> literally <laughs> gives uh steve buscemi from the 30 rock scene how do you do fellow kids <laughs> um that's definitely the vibes i was getting at times she <laughs> felt so like i mean i get that she has a lot of trauma and she's been through a lot um and she like she doesn't have an actual home anymore like i get that but it felt very much like she was a 30 year old woman who likes pizza <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like what was that that's so funny that you mentioned that because I think that scene of like showing her like her mom's and like the trauma that she endured like that was what like two minutes of like character development and then the rest is just like ah how do we get the 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 book of all knowing that I forgot about what was your guys's favorite reveal of the movie I was not expecting um Captain Marvel like it didn't click for me in the trailer but when I saw her I was like oh my gosh that's so cool and then Captain Carter but I knew Captain Carter was gonna be in it but just seeing her was just like wow chef's kiss amazing and then who's who's the Fantastic Four guy um, Reed Richards yeah Reed Richards um that was probably the most surprising I was like wait what like you're here like okay that's cool yeah definitely Reed Richards for me as a lifelong very hardcore fantastic four comics fan um i like the john krasinski casting i think that's great i do think that they uh weren't super respectful to his character 
and that kind of rubbed me the wrong way like it, it's kind of giving me like they might mess up the movie again kind of vibes because like reed richards isn't as arrogant as they made him out to be i don't know mixed feelings that's always so weird for me too it's like these people were like ah like like this wizard like pff, we can take her and then just immediately obliterated like i was just like like you you guys are literally a part of different multiverses you guys have seen like how like this has worked like how could you not like, especially because, like, Doctor Strange, like, told them explicitly, like, I have dealt with Wanda. She is super intense. I'm a Sorcerer Supreme. And then just to be like, ah, no, we got this. We got this little witch. We got her. It's kind of Captain Carter's, like, I can do this all day. And it's just obliterated. Like, that made me cry. <laughs> I shed a so tear when she died. I I didn't. Because in the at the moment, I thought it was funny. Because... They were all like, like you said, they were all like, oh, we can handle a little witch. And then they literally got murdered, all of them. <laughs> I was like, guys, like maybe think about your actions for a second. Like I get you're the Illuminati. Also, did Mordo get like stuck down there? Like, is he still there to this day? <laughs> like, why didn't he come back? Why is he just stuck down there? Did he not get a rope? Did he not like can he not, can he not portal out of there? Also, you know, not thinking about that scene where they like are fighting her off. I kind of wish that that scene was longer and like bloodier. In my opinion, it would have made up like, okay, like, yeah, they're getting obliterated. If they were actually like genuinely putting up a fight to her and then like getting obliterated. They could have done so much more with this, like just this movie in general. And they just, yeah. they were like, yeah, lots of lost potential. Anyway, um, my favorite reveal personally was also Maria Rambeau as Captain Marvel. I thought that was a really, really fun reveal, um, especially because I was not expecting it at all. The whole Illuminati reveal was not expecting. I went in there with absolutely no clue what was going to happen. I didn't see any spoilers. I was like on it the whole week leading up to seeing it because I was like I can't I don't want anything to be spoiled for me I thought white vision was going to show up he didn't don't know why um so that was weird but Reed Richards was also like I'm pretty sure I almost peed my pants I was so <laughs> excited um I was like jumping up and down in my seat oh so fun I don't know if I have a question about this but um I really hate how like you wouldn't be able to see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and understand it without previously seeing WandaVision and probably what if. Yeah, my sister had a lot of questions. She had not seen either and she was the entire time was like, what is happening? <laughs> and I get that like the MCU is a universe and so it's supposed to be a series of movies that are connected um in like a kind of um chronological order that like tells a story over like several television shows and movies and things like that but um a lot of the other movies to me felt a little bit more accessible um and this one just felt like if you didn't have the context then it doesn't really make sense yeah yeah like my sister didn't even realize or didn't know that wanda went bad as she said like she didn't even know that like she was like evil or anything like she just thought that she was just 
this person who had powers like she didn't even know like the whole context of everything it was funny because she was like she's like wait vision died and i was like yes sister she he did he sure did a lot of people missed that i feel like um <laughs> yeah like nobody knew vision was dead i definitely feel like it being a direct sequel to wandavision especially is a problem because everybody thinks that they can just watch the movies and be caught up but now that they've had these Disney Plus shows, unless you have Disney Plus and are willing to commit six hours to like WandaVision, which I like didn't enjoy going through, or oh God, if they make like Falcon and the Winter Soldier necessary viewing, that would be terrible because that show's even worse. I'm about to have an entire crisis thinking about a Falcon and the Winter Soldier movie. Oh my God. Yeah. That would be awful. Yeah, so it's kind of setting the precedent that these shows are like 100% necessary viewing if you want to stay up with the chronological MCU, whatever, which is uh, makes it difficult for more casual fans or just people like me who don't want to sit through shows about characters I don't care about. It's clear why they're doing that oh, because sure. they need more money or they don't need more money, but they want more money. Yeah. And Disney Plus is this like a subscription service so they get more money from that but it's yeah. it's like really it's disappointing to see how clearly it's just a money grab at this point yeah anyway back to <laughs> multiverse and madness um so this is a bit of a long question but um mcu phase four movies are taking a variety of different approaches to their methods of storytelling much different than the previous phases for example, using more unique directors to tell a different type of story than your typical superhero story. And what do you guys think about this change of pace? I really like it. I think it's it's interesting now that we're like entering into a new phase and that it literally is kind of coming into like a whole like reset after endgame. Like all the new characters are or all the good characters are gone and like everything like is just completely resetting. I don't like Hawkeye he should have died anyways <laughs> just like a complete reset of like all of the mcu characters i'm glad that they're kind of um like using this time to like introduce new characters introduce new types of storytelling introduce um a more diverse like cast of characters as well not only like with their powers but also um like diverse, like in including more people of color and, and you know, including that LGBTQIA plus representation, I think is really awesome. And I'm sorry, I love Moon Knight so much. Like I love that show a lot, um, especially since like, again, with these, you know, MCU TV shows, it's been kind of disappointing to see like with um, like Falcon Winter Soldier and Loki, and how they're kind of handling the multiverse. I think they're definitely going to have to clean that up. Like if they do plan on using the multiverse a lot more, they're definitely going to have to clean up the way that they use it because that was the most boring multiverse movie um, I've ever seen. Um, so, so yeah, I'm just really excited for this new phase. And I was about to say, oh, this is like the one, like the only movie that's kind of like tripped on itself. I'm like, no, but Eternals was kind of, odd as well like I, I didn't really like um Eternals I, I'm just excited to see like like different 
versions of storytelling in the MCU, especially since unfortunately like Disney and like MCU like kind of reflects on like other people into the um into like the filmmaking space you know like they're kind of like the template and kind of like the like oh like um I guess standard like quotation standard of like of what like movies should look like so I'm happy that they're kind of including different stories and you know different people's experiences because you know people deserve to be seen I agree that it's nice that they're going a bit more allowing directors to have a bit more control but I still feel like Kevin Feige's hand is too oppressive this movie the Eternals are all being held back because these directors aren't giving complete control uh something I bring up a lot actually is if you look to Marvel Comics which also have to an even greater degree this uh connected universe this similarity in style and characters they use the same characters over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories but they give complete artistic control to the writers and artists. So even in like a mainline story, like the Civil War comic has more character, in my opinion, even though I don't really like the comic, more character than the movie did because it was in completely in control of the artist. And so I hope that Marvel's future will continue to go down that road like DC is currently with giving the amount of control they gave Matt Reeves for the Batman. It was amazing. It was like a breath of fresh air to see such a huge studio superhero movie with that much creative control and then becomes the whole conversation of how mcu is dominating the film market and how that's changing things but that's for a different day but just in the scope of marvel i do hope that they go even more down the road of giving directors basically complete control to do whatever they want with the stories and they can be tied together but it doesn't have to be so authoritarian in regards to kevin Feige's presence i think so too i think for the longest time the mcu kind of forgot that they were making movies and just decided to tell stories and it was really disappointing because i love movies <laughs> i love movies i love watching movies i love talking about movies and it i just like i wish that there was something more to talk about instead of just like the storyline and how they were going to connect this movie to the other movies but with this one it's like marvel's it's like baby's first horror movie like that kind of vibe where it's like oh they're actually branching out and with Eternals I think a lot of people didn't like it because it was more of like a thought-provoking slow um philosophical movie which is also just like Chloe Zhao's vibe like Nomadland was very much like a slow philosophical <laughs> um thinking movie instead of like a kind of upbeat um superhero movie which i think is a lot what a lot of people have come to expect from the mcu so people weren't expecting it to be so slow and so a lot of people initially didn't like it i think some people have come like come around to it some people haven't um but that's also just like if you don't like chloe Zhao's style of filmmaking then you won't like the eternals and for me that's a great sign about the eternals is that you like people are saying that it's because of how chloe Zhao made the movie it shows that it's, at least she was given enough control to make a movie that people weren't going to like because it didn't feel like everything else. I personally wish that she'd been given more control and that it had been more meditative and philosophical because I feel like what held it back, similar to this movie, is that it wasn't allowed to go as all out as Chloe Zhao and Sam Raimi might have wanted to. Yeah, 
I have so many feelings about directors and being able to have directorial control instead of just being controlled by like a production studio or a um, like some sort of a focus group. Yeah, focus group or something like that. Yeah. But I really hope that they'll be able to use more um, like camera movements and lighting and colors. And I hope that they'll be able to kind of branch out with the MCU instead of it just being like, oh, there's another MCU movie coming out. It's going to be another freaking superhero movie. I really hope that they'll be able to surprise us more and be able to really show people like I didn't love the storyline of Loki, but it was really interesting to look at. And it was really cool for me to like to see all the sets and to see the lighting and to watch these really interesting camera movements and how they control like like the blocking of each scene i thought that was a it was really cool to look at and i wish that more mcu movies there are like a few shots here and there in like kind of on accident for a lot of these mcu movies that are like really interesting to look at and i think avengers endgame brought that out a lot more because it was very like purpley and orangey and like really interesting. I hope that they'll be able to do that more in the future to make it more about movie making instead of just telling a series of stories. That's what I want. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. And I think you can see a little bit of that in movies that have directors who really push as much as they can, like Taika Waititi with Thor Ragnarok and Sam Raimi with this and Chloe Zhao with Eternals and so on. So I'd like to talk about Wanda a little bit more. Uh, so we got glimpses of Wanda Maximoff in this movie, but the main antagonist is Scarlet Witch. Um, what did you think about her and her arc in this movie? I didn't know that those were two separate characters. I thought they were one and the same. So, well, now that I know that, I feel like I have to go back and watch it because I'm like, okay. Yeah, so... It was really confusing to me at first as well, but I think it, it becomes more clear um, as it moves on that. So Wanda herself is being possessed by the Darkhold, um, which is that big bad book um, that nobody really likes, whatever. And it has prophecies about the Scarlet Witch who has been prophesized to eventually like one day either rule the universe or destroy the universe. But that was kind of the difference that really got me. And I really hope that people don't think of the Scarlet Witch as Wanda because they're two different people. Um, and I think Wanda does definitely have like that kind of darker, um, more villain-like side to her, which is why she was able to be possessed by the Darkhold so easily and why it was so convincing because she does have so much trauma um, and so many things that she could be angry about that would could possibly lead to her committing these awful things. Um, but it, there is like a definite line um, between Scarlet Witch and Wanda. And I thought it was really interesting, not very clear at all, which was disappointing. Like so many people must have either thought like, oh my God, Wanda was an awful person in this movie. Why did she do that? This is so out of character for her. It's like, well, no, it's not. They just didn't explain it well enough. Like nothing in this movie was explained well enough. It disappoints me. 
Yeah, the line between Wanda and Scarlet Witch was blurry at best. Well, my favorite part of Wanda's being a villain in this and Scarlet Witch was this like Scarlet Witch heavy parts where she was just like crazy and evil. But they too often went back to Wanda and kept trying to humanize her without explaining that she wasn't in control of the things Scarlet Witch was doing. And so it created this false equivalency between like her emotional reconciliation and arc and the like actually evil stuff she was doing. But I also think Wanda as a character is kind of evil too. I mean, she did all the stuff she did in WandaVision before she <laughs> became Scarlet Witch. So um, I think in many ways they are one and the same. That's what I think really contributed to kind of like the blurring of the lines between Scarlet Witch and Wanda is that like Wanda could have absolutely done all those things on her own. Um, and it was really difficult to see the switch. And she also never really mentions that she's either the Scarlet Witch or Wanda, but she's, she can't be both at the same time. It's also unfortunate that they are so similar because the Scarlet Witch kind of, um, I think adheres to whichever personality that want, like Wanda has. And so they're very similar, not the same person. And I, I just wish, I wish so bad because I really liked Wanda at the beginning when she was like first introduced to the MCU. I thought her character was really compelling. Yeah, I did too. I really liked her powers the way that they um, characterized, I guess, her powers like the red and um, how like her kind of origin story. I think it was really interesting. I really loved her and Pietro together. Um, it, was, it was so sad when Pietro um, died, but like they've just kind of, it, it's just kind of become like a mishmash of a lot of different things. Um, and it was just confusing in this movie. Yeah, I agree. I think, too, that thing you were talking about where her character and the similarities between it, they're, they're already similar characters, could have been used as a really interesting commentary on Wanda's character, where it's like, oh, this supreme evil being and a character we've grown to sympathize with, more or less, are deeply similar and make that a commentary on her character. But if the movie was trying to do that, I couldn't tell, and it wasn't done that tactfully, so... And also, I think they like they were like trying to avoid making it a Wanda movie, but it's already so clear that it's a Wanda movie. Yeah. But they didn't want to go into that too much. But they also like if they should have gone into it a little bit more, they should have pulled back entirely. Ugh. It's just it's such it's a movie full of these lost opportunities. I think. Yeah, like there are so many things that they could have done better storytelling wise character like development wise like just making it a cooler movie um do we think that wanda maximoff children in this universe are real and if so why i'm pretty sure that they're not like they yeah i'm pretty sure they're not because like they she just made them like she made them like herself but I, yeah, I'm pretty sure that they're not real because she went to go find her kids in another universe. So I would assume that 
they're not real because they're part like in in WandaVision like she created them like in her mind and and they had separate powers of their own you know yeah and when Westview and when Westview left like I assume that her kids also left I think it might be a more complicated question of if they exist or not because like as you were saying Daisy she did create them but as Wanda's character says, isn't that how all motherhood works? So I think they exist and they kind of don't because their existence is subjective. They existed in Westview, but they didn't exist after Westview. So it's kind of a, maybe a metaphysical death. Yeah. Um, that's another philosophical thing that I think could have been explored a lot deeper that wasn't, unfortunately. I think Zinn brings up a really good point and so does Wanda like don't all mothers like they just like create their children um obviously it's a more complicated process than just like spontaneous creation um of like an entire human person but like she went through labor um in the show it was weird um but it did happen and also why did they completely ixnay um her kids' powers in the alternate universe was it because I'm I, I'm confused about that actually because how did her kids get there? Is Vision their actual dad? Did this Wanda also just spontaneously create these children? Where's Vision in the alternate universe? I honestly think that might just be a plot hole that they didn't think through because their multiverse isn't that planned out. In all honesty. That upsets me. That upsets me very much. I hadn't even thought about that till you brought it up, and now I'm kind of annoyed at that too. Because <laughs> we don't see Vision at all in the entire movie. White Vision exists, I think, um, outside of Westview, like like separate from that. So wouldn't he like, or maybe he like exploded himself? I don't actually remember. Um, but at, like, I think he like flies out into the sky in WandaVision White Vision does yeah 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 he just leaves he okay so is he gone forever that one dude um in sword like the main antagonist like the main sword dude like wanted which is like weird because like he wanted he wanted the power stone I'm pretty sure and like that was just his motivation was that he just wanted the power stone from Vision um and now like he technically has like technically has um the power stone because white vision like is like does have the power the power stone because he like downloaded because the because vision that wanda created was a version of vision in her mind right but that vision doesn't actually have the power, the power stone. stone because she created him which is also weird because does that imply that that vision is also one of wanda's children <laughs> we're thinking think about, about that this. for too long i feel like i feel like our collective thinking about it was more thought was more thought than was put into the actual yeah movie. Yeah, I agree. We just put more thought into it than than the writers of the movie did. <laughs> Guys, I, I think I think we should just take over the MCU. Yeah. And write it ourselves. 
at this point. Honestly, Kevin Feige, you're out. Feige needs to leave. I think we can do it ourselves. Let's kick him out. Yeah. What do you think about Zombie Doctor Strange? The coolest part of the movie. Love. So cool. Yeah, glad we can all agree about that. Which, in my opinion, he should have not been in the trailer. Because yeah. I feel like it would have been a way cooler reveal. Yeah, with all the arms. Yeah. I kind of forgot about that part of the trailer. So it was kind of like an actual genuine reveal to me. Um, so it was nice to have that. But he was like, it was so sick. Like, it was just really cool. Yeah. I wish that there was a lot more of that kind of stuff throughout the whole movie. Like, yeah. Scenes like that, the uh, exploding head, the multiverse yeah. hopping, all of that stuff that were like little segments of the whole, you know, two and a half hour long movie were the best parts. 100%. The more like eccentric Sam Raimi yeah. parts of the movie were the best parts of the movie because you can see exactly where Raimi was like, oh, I want to do this and this and this. And here's how we can do that. And everyone was like, great. Um, but but then the writers were like, but this is also an MCU movie. So like, yeah, how are we going to incorporate that? And he's like, oh. Which the relationship between directors and MCU, I think there's always going to be a conflict there. Like, I don't think until Mr. Feige, like, releases his hand from yeah. the, the pedal, I, I think there's always going to be a conflict there. So, yeah. And I think this is the perfect, this movie is the perfect example of why that's a shame. And it's kind of a problem for the MCU is the best parts, we're all kind of in agreement. I think pretty much everybody's in agreement. The best parts are the parts that didn't feel like the MCU. And I think to keep the MCU going where it's this interconnected world, but keep them each distinct, each movie distinct, where they have their own flares and feel completely separate, but interconnected would be the way to go. It's just Kevin Feige doesn't seem to be allowing that. Yeah, especially since this is a new phase, I feel like the tone, the quote unquote tone of Marvel movies can change. Yeah. Like, especially since it's like a new, like, like it's a new phase, like it's a new Marvel, like, phase so we can change what it means to be like a marvel feel movie it feels very much like they're just like they don't want to stray away from the basics because people yeah. will be like confused or they won't like it um which is true a little bit because humans aren't very smart um and we don't we don't like change but if they just experimented just a little bit more with making movies instead of making mcu movies i think it would be a lot more successful if they weren't like teetering on that line of kevin feige versus artists yeah yeah i think the problem is though that's taking a risk and if there's one thing disney doesn't want to ever do is take a risk this is like this is maybe the most risk averse time like no studio wants to risk losing money and the MCU is making money without being creative. So why would they ever change? Which I think is so funny that they don't want to take a risk because like whatever they put out, people are going to watch it, like no matter what. So like, why not take a risk? Although Eternals bombed and that was arguably the most um, unique Marvel movie yet. And it yeah. completely flopped. 
Like it's yeah. one, it has one of the worst performances of any Marvel movie of all time. Yeah, which is unfortunate because like when people are asking like, oh, you should change your style, like that's what they're going to point to. So like, oh, we did. And like you guys didn't receive good to it. It's just that like if they did it well, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like if they yeah. executed it well, I think a lot of people, a lot more people would respond to it well but they don't execute it well. And it's absolutely not the fault of the directors or the creative talent that have gone into these movies. I just know that they worked their absolute hardest to get it the most creative and unique and interesting movies that they could possibly make. And I completely respect them for that. It's that people like Kevin Feige and Disney don't want to take risks. And so they think by having Chloe Zhao as the director, that's their, their one risk. And so now that Chloe Zhao made a movie that bombed, then that's not like, yeah. then that's their one thing that they can do. That's the only risk that they can take. And, and it signaled that they shouldn't make anymore. Exactly. But it's like, it's literally your guys' fault that the movie bombed because you made the executive decision to make a bad movie. Yeah. People are going to continue to buy Marvel movies, uh, but I think a way that as audience members, we can try to tip the scale in favor of artists rather than executives is to go support, like Daisy mentioned earlier, movies like Everything Everywhere All at Once or movies like The Norsemen that have come out recently that are examples of really creative filmmaking that are entering mainstream consciousness. And if we support those and show that those can be super commercially viable in a mainstream way, maybe it'll, Disney will notice and might <laughs> model their behavior. Yeah, cross, cross your fingers. Let's hope. Let's really hope. You've been listening to Film Club, a production of Alaska Teen Media Institute. Our show's theme music was composed by Kendrick Whiteman. Alaska Team Media Institute is based in Anchorage, Alaska. We would like to acknowledge the Dena'ina people whose land we work on. Many thanks to the supporters of our podcast, including Alaska State Council on the Arts. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent the views of our sponsors. Thanks to our listeners who contribute to our programs and help us leverage additional funds and grants. If you'd like to support Youth Voices in Alaska and help keep our podcast going, you can support us through Patreon. It's a membership platform that makes it easy for you to support creative endeavors like AtMe. Just go to patreon.com slash alaskateammedia. You can also help out by subscribing to, rating, or writing a review of our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Every little bit helps us get our stories out there. And if you are a youth ages 13 to 24 who loves movies and is interested in being a part of our film club, go to alaskateenmedia.org slash join to find out more. Or you can email us at news at You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all sorts of updates. For Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Madison Knudsen. Thanks for listening. <laughs>